Did you listen to the Square Pegs episode? I have not, no. I, I will stop asking. I realize that's a lot of pressure every week. Did you listen to it? No. It's, it's good. I'm sure it is. It's pretty good. I will get to it. I wouldn't waste your time on it, but it's all right. <laughs> I don't think I shared it. I have to I have to get on that. I haven't shared that one yet. Yeah, I noticed that, but that's Re- fine. Remind me if I'm not. Well, I, I'm pretty busy. <laughs> As am I, which is why I didn't share or listen to it, so I'm sorry. All right, that's fine. So it's okay. I just, I worked really hard. On I know. I know you do. Editing and posting and sharing. That's all it takes, by the way, to make a podcast. It sounds pretty easy, actually. So that took no time at all. So let's do this one so that I, then we can edit, share, and post this. I, we can't really share it before we post it, so the order was off. Hey, everyone, ever, and welcome to 20th Century Pop, the show where we try to understand the present while living in the past. My name is Tim Blevins. And I am Bob Canning. That was pause. an interesting oh, pause. I, I talked right very, over your long pause. No, 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 was, yeah, what? We shouldn't talk through pauses. It defeats the purpose. Yeah. Why was that one there? What was the purpose of that particular pause? It, it seems unprofessional. <clears throat> well, you didn't jump in with your usual. Well, there really isn't a usual. We don't have a, a thing that happens after I say my name. Well, we have this. I feel like we normally have a pause. This is and about right. We have this conversation, but because I feel like when we don't, when the show is say working, <laughs> usually when you introduce yourself, I, I feel like you normally go and Tim and you say something. Is what right. I. It's how it works in my head. I don't know. Well, we can go know, back and listen to the other episodes where I make the same observation. I think now after seventy, what seventy nine? This is our eightieth episode. Woo! That was Ooh. a hot mic. Sorry. <laughs> it's a hot mic, everyone. Woo. Ooh. But yes, after 80, well, after 79, I, this is the 80th. I've got it figured out. <clears throat> so next time, I'll I'll have something to add to the opening. Other than this. So the 81st episode is when we're really going to make it happen. Damn straight. So if you're a longtime subscriber or if you thought this was something about actual history, come back next week. The opening will be rad. But this week... I feel like you were teasing something, not teasing, but mentioning before the show something that you were going to mention on the show. Is it bad to do that this way? <laughs> was it going to come up naturally? Did I F it up? Fuck I'm it up? sure it would have come up naturally. You were going to, we were talking about careers. Is that right? Is that what you're referencing? I'm not sure. Now. Job changes? Like, yes. Yes. We were talking about job changes, which will be very interesting for the people who weren't there who are now listening to us. Um, is it something you'd rather have come up in the episode? Because I can gloss over this and we can no, start. No, let's, let's just jump right into it. All if right. I had my druthers, Your I've been druthers. thinking a lot about this. Because Sally druthers? My, my Sally druthers. Um, <clears throat> I've been thinking a lot about what our topic is, and, and we will tell the audience right now. We're talking about the far side. Yeah, the comic strip, the far side. <laughs> <laughs> Bob has a slight allergy, too. That was And terrible. swallowed one of the collections of. Oh, I'm very sorry. Yes, we're talking about the far side. And as we were warming up and, and doing our little um, pre-show banter, um, we were talking about possible job changes. And honestly, I in thinking about this episode, I really took to heart the whole um, thesis statement that we have at the beginning of the show where we understand our present while living in the past. And I really understand that in my present, I wish in my past, I had done more to um, study art, study comedy, and and honestly, I wish I were a cartoonist. Oh. That was my childhood dream, probably from the first moment I opened up a Far Side cartoon uh, collection. And uh, So wait, on this episode, it's the Far Side that drove you to cartooning? Because on the Bloom County episode... <laughs> the, the, like- the Holy Trinity... Okay. Is Bloom County, Far Side, Calvin and Hobbes. Right. Okay. And I think it was the Far Side <clears throat> for me that came first. Um, so Bloom County was an absolute uh, uh, influence on the cartooning that I have done in my life and try and still do in my life. Um, huge influence, just the setup, the the running storylines, the the uh, 
cast of characters, the talking animals. Um, that was a huge influence on me. Um, but I think it was the far side that showed me that comic strips can be more than High and Lois and the Peanuts and uh, uh, Marvin. I'm not saying the Peanuts aren't great. The Peanuts are great. But at the yeah, time, I, I, everything I was very... it's in a different category from Marvin. I agree. Sure. Um, but for, for me at the time, it was still that, you know, uh, four-panel kids or kids or parents. And, and that's basically it that I can recall. Um, and the and other I comic think, strips on the on the page. Yeah. Or, or some dude at work. Um, but then when, when I saw that it can be aliens and it can be snakes and cows and all sorts of other crap. I was like, holy shit, this is, this is new and interesting. And I don't get half of it right now, but that seems pretty weird and funny. So yeah, uh, that's an interesting way to start Tim, but that's how we've started. I wish I were a cartoonist. So did you want to be a cartoonist as a kid? Was that like your concept of, of a job that you would have wanted? Uh, yes. What was your understanding of it as a job? Because, you know, as a kid, I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, did you know how comic strips were put together? Did you know what, what the process was? Like what in your mind to say, I, I want to be a cartoonist, what did that, what did that mean? Um, I thought it meant that I had to draw this, what is it, like a – three inch across one inch tall probably a little bigger than that at the time i thought i had to draw something the size that it is in the in the newspaper and make it funny and interesting um and i assumed i would get paid for that <clears throat> and i assumed they would make copies and that's how it got into the newspaper how did you know it was a job how did you know this is something someone could do for a living, like your 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 mom wasn't wasn't a, a cartoonist. Your aunt wasn't a cartoonist. They had different kinds of jobs. So I would have thought that was your impression of what a job was. Yeah, I just I just <clears throat> knew. I think I put together the fact that that there was a product that you were creating, like an mm -hmm. item, an artifact that you were creating, and I had just assumed that that was done by a job. Now, honestly, I didn't know probably at that young age that it was one person most of the time, one person. Um, oh, you thought there were multiple people it, working on a comic strip? I, I don't think I had a full concept of that. Uh, I think I came around to that as I was the one person drawing my little cartoons, and there was only one name ever associated with the collections that I started uh, picking up. My brother had Garfield collections before I had any comic strip collections. So I, yeah, Garfield is kind of like a gateway, or was, I think, for a lot of people yeah. our age, because that and Family Circus is how I got the comic strips. But So you were drawing comic strips at a young age. Like We're talking to Farside, <clears throat> just a, a quick history here, or, or mention to give a, a context. It premiered January 1st, 1980, which means I was four. You were five when this thing started. That's weird to me. Yeah. Were you, do you remember when you first read it? Like when it first, when you first saw it, do you remember the first one you saw or roughly where you were in age? I can't quite pinpoint my age. I had to be around nine or 10, I think. Okay. Um, so like five years into its run or five four or years six into years its run. into its run. Maybe even later than that. Cause I feel like I was into it in middle school and that would have been what, like 88. So around then I think is when I saw it. I remember, and I think I've told this story on, on the previous uh, comic strip, uh, what was it, Bloom County, on that uh, podcast. Um, I saw these Farsight ones and the Bloom County ones not in my local newspaper, because my local newspaper didn't have these, um, but I found them at the bookstore. Because, you know, eight years in, they finally, they had collections of these Farsight books. I and mean, I'm actually looking at the ones that I've purchased. These are not... Um, in great condition, six dollars a book, five five ninety five on the back. They've gone up. I'll um, tell you that. So yeah, I remember I got this one here, Beyond the Far Side. That was probably one of the first ones, if not the first one I got. It's the one where the uh, one uh, two bears are in the sights of a of a gun, and one of them is sheepishly pointing to the other one with a grin on his face, and that just struck me and. I opened it up and I looked through it and I was like, this is so cool. 
So you were seeing the books first, possibly. Am I yeah, hearing that I right? I was definitely okay. seeing the books first. That's me too, I think. Like I don't I don't remember discovering this strip. I don't like I have memories of the first time I read Bloom County first time you know, around that period. I don't know what the first one I read is, but I remember getting introduced to that. I remember getting introduced to Calvin and Hobbes. Like I there are a lot of things I remember getting to. Far side I don't remember and it's weird because I mean I was reading comics by the sixth grade. I mean, I was going to the paper every day and looking at comics by the sixth grade. And I'm pretty sure that Farside would have been there by then in our local paper. I mean, it had been around at that point for six years. It must have been in there. I don't recall it. I Farside, I'm sure I read it while it was being published, but in my mind, Farside was always either other people's houses, because everyone seemed to have those collections, or that they, they would do these... Uh, you know, every day, uh, uh, panel a day calendars, uh, desk, <clears throat> desk calendars where each day was one far side panel. It lent itself really well to that. And that, I mean, I must have known the far side enough to want that calendar, you know, and to get that desktop calendar. But that was kind of being inundated with it day after day that way, which is how it ran in the paper, I guess, too. But having, you know, or, or falling behind and then catching up and then keeping them and posting them. Like, I would rip them off and I would keep my favorite ones. Like, that that's my experience with this. That's I remember getting the calendar, but I had to have known what it was. And I, I don't remember an introduction to this because... Let's talk a little bit about what the the, the 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 comic is. I don't think this is a comic that necessarily was made for a five year old, six year old, whatever age I was. Like I don't know that I would necessarily have understood this. I mean, it's it's got animals, it's got aliens. I I, I think that was stuff I would like. But I mean, like, how would you describe this on a page? You know, where you got your peanuts, you got your family circus, and even your political Bloom County. I mean, what was what was the far side to you? It it was um I don't think I thought of it this way as a kid. But it was in retrospect sort of like uh up the punk music of comic strips. It was shorter, it had a different uh a different take on the world. Um, and it just, it just rebelled against what I was seeing that the comics page was supposed to be. It had to be off, <clears throat> excuse me. It had to be off to the side, usually like under the jumble, uh, or something. And, uh, it was just, yeah, it was an outsider and it was just this weird take on what would seemingly be everyday things perhaps, but even sometimes, just completely off the wall. I mean, which, by the way, there is a single panel comic called Off the Wall, I believe, um, that came to light after the rise of the far side. Well, which is not the far side. By the way, that's that's awesome to think of it as the punk rock of the comic strip page, because I don't think I had that interaction with it, but that's awesome to hear. Far side wasn't the first single panel strip. I mean, there was Dennis the Menace, Family Circus, stuff like that. But I do feel like it's the most ripped off strip I've ever seen. Like you're saying this off the wall. Like I feel like there's a lot of single panel strips that try to do this because I guess it was, maybe it was that unique to the comic pages. Well, the voice of it, like the, the, the voice of the comic was like nothing I had ever seen. And I mean, you see it a lot now, but I think you're right. The Far Side was the first one to do it. It's where it takes just every little mild-mannered thing that you think is normal and and spins it on its head. I'm just randomly opening a page here and here is a a strip uh, uh, or excuse me a panel uh, about uh, an ant family and the mother is saying, "Ernie, look what you're doing. Take those shoes off." And it's one ant wearing giant shoes, human-sized shoes, and he's squishing his brothers and sisters under his shoe. <laughs> It's dark. Yeah. <laughs> so bleak. Right. Um, and right next to it, there's, I'm not even going to read what is being said, but there's a, a panel with a, a, a bodiless head in a science lab, and the other uh, full bodied uh, scientist is slapping his face for some reason. <laughs> so actually that's interesting when you approach a far side comic without really thinking about it do you do you look at the drawing first or do you look at the text first uh, i always look at the drawing first you do yeah the drawing always grabs my eyes first what am i looking at is it an animal is it a person um yeah 
Sometimes there's text in the box, in the panel. Yeah, Sometimes that's it's weird. a caption underneath. Most of the time it's like a typed out caption. And a lot of times it's an omniscient narrator or like a nature documentary narrator almost. Yeah. Or just like a title sometimes. Yeah. Or, yeah, or a supposed title. See, I always read them and then look at the drawing. I think I've always done that. I, oh, yeah. I was, <clears throat> when we were getting ready to do this episode, I was rather surprised. We don't have any, or we didn't have any far side books in the house. I thought I'd have a reference or something just to flip through to read. I had to go out and buy one. So I went out and bought one of the far side galleries, brought it home. And in reading it, yeah, I read the caption first and then I look at the picture. That's just how I process it. And I think it's always been that way. Yeah. And, and talk about uh, being dark humor. Um, the mm-hmm. Far Side Gallery that you picked up, Gallery 2, has a foreword mm-hmm. by Stephen King. Yes, a very unfunny foreword <laughs> by Stephen King. But yeah, no, there's – well, that was – and maybe that was part of it. I, you know, like looking at the page of comics when I think about it, you know, thinking like you're, you're very good in talking about where it's placed – on the page like get it off it the page almost because you have (laughs) bright funny families chatty animals smug political comics which again that's that's a cheap way of writing off some great comics but you know you have a lot of things there you have some darkness probably in the comic pages but the far side mary worth okay so you have a dark mary worth (laughs) but outside that like i can't think of a comic strip at the time, because we didn't have Zippy. Maybe Zippy would be this. I don't know Zippy very well. But the far side did not think highly of humanity. No. Or Gary Larson, I should say, didn't seem to think highly of humanity. Yeah, we were and, all idiots. Right? And and a dark and just, it was never sentimental. And I think that was as important. There's <laughs> never, you know, like Bloom County would have sentimental strips, you know, a moment ago, oh, isn't sure. that nice? Or a moment of, of, you know, like it's the holidays or, or friendship. There's, I can't think yeah, of a single that, happy far side. There'd be that silent Bloom County panel right at the end where we can all just reflect on what just happened. But yeah, there's never a silent far side. There's always just a, a tear into someone's happiness. One of the first far side comics that I remember seeing um and maybe i saw more before this but just one of the earliest memories i have is the porcupine one where it's a mom porcupine and a dad porcupine sitting in their their easy chairs and a toddler porcupine in the middle of the floor playing with a balloon which you could just leave that that could be funny enough but there's a caption where the dad says this isn't gonna last long (laughs) Yeah, so, it's it's a porcupines can't even have a, a fun moment. And do you think you were drawn to that? Do you think that was? I mean, you're calling it punk, or you called it punk rock? Yeah, it's it's a little anti-establishment to you. It sounds like a little, a little yeah. dirtier, a little grosser. I mean, was that that was a draw then? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. were you experiencing that anywhere else? Was there anything in pop culture that gave you a similar chance to? feel out those feelings or kind of explore the fact that humanity is the worst Uh, um aside from living it um (laughs) i don't think there was right around that time i think a couple years later i started to get into different music than my family was listening to my family listened to barry manilow elton john barbara streisand kenny rogers um and huey lewis and the news who i (laughs) continue to adore um so eventually i picked up on living color uh de la soul and and that sort of was my musical um breakout from the the dulcet tones of am radio Mm -hmm. um but when i was reading the far side no that was pretty all-encompassing um as for a few years that that was really the only pop culture thing. I mean, there were some TV shows here and there and, and, and movies, but if, if I were to tell you what I was doing when I wasn't watching TV, I was reading uh, the far side. When I wasn't at school, I was reading the far side. When I wasn't, when I wasn't eating dinner, I was reading the far side. Really? I got to the point. Yeah. <clears throat> I got to the point where I would ask people uh, to cover up the caption and I could read the caption back to them word for word. Or tell them that no, you're, it's a trick question. There is no caption because um, I knew I knew them that well from the so books is, I had. This was really entwined with your. I didn't realize this how entwined this was with with, with your with your childhood. I mean, yeah. uh, was it 
teaching you something? Was it? I mean, I, I guess there's two fronts here. There's creatively me, and socially. So yeah, I mean, it was definitely teaching me to have a bit of a, a humorous edge, a bit of sarcastic uh, quips. I I kind of got the the dry because I I consider it. I mean, you're not hearing it, but it's got a very dry humor. And I think people often describe me as having a dry, uh, dry wit. Hmm. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised that it came from this. Um, you've talked about how you would listen to comedy albums. Um, I did not have that access. My comedy started with the far side. Huh. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. You're talking about a voice for it almost or a tone. Um, and you're saying like a dry wit. I, and I don't think I thought this as a kid when I was rereading them for today. I mean, there's, there's definitely a smugness to this comic strip. There's like a nerd smugness almost. Like Mm -hmm. it feels kind of like that kid in the class. He's a nerd, but he's also, he's, he or she thinks they're better than you. Like there's, there's a little bit of being better than you to this, you know, the, the, the chosen character names and the way things that they're phrased. This strip reads, like, I think he thinks he's superior to the reader. Like, do you feel that? Like, there was a bit of a nerdy superiority to the structure and the look and the sound of the far side, to me. I never got a, a feeling of superiority from, from reading these. And I'm, no? I'm looking at them now, and I'll be honest, I haven't reread these far side books in quite a long time. I pulled them out off the shelf a couple years ago. Uh, around the same time, I, I gave my girls uh, Calvin and Hobbes to look at, and they were more drawn to Calvin and Hobbes, I think, because of a stuffed tiger, uh, than they were to this. Also, because they didn't get any of these jokes. Um, but you were you were getting these jokes I, when I was a kid. Uh, I was older than my girls are. Maybe I was as old as my daughter is now. My oldest, uh, she's ten. Um, no, no, no. I must have been older because I was in middle school. Um, but yeah, I wasn't getting all the jokes, but I was getting a lot of them. I mean, they're not into all like, you know, uh, brainy stuff. Like here's a picture of a dog with skyscrapers built out of his back. And the caption is when fleas go unchecked. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I'm not saying it's, it had to be the smartest thing, but I, I definitely feel like there's a bit of a, this is a bit of a nerd's revenge comic strip, I think. I mean, I think there there's some cleverness, there's some puns, there's some precociousness to it on top of some of these other things. And these aren't bad things. I, I think it probably sounds that way how I'm saying it, but I'm just, I don't remember it that way. But when I was reading it today, I could definitely hear a voice in my head of someone almost, you know, like a, like a, like the Simpsons comic book fan or something saying and narrating a lot of these. Because something I like about the far side is a lot of it's narrated. You know, sometimes it's 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 in dial it's dialogue and some of the characters saying something I like. Again, like it's weird when there's a word bubble in it. Like you're saying, sometimes there's a word bubble in the drawing versus text at the bottom. And I actually don't like that. I don't like it when there's words in the drawing for the far side. I like it when it's the text on the bottom because it separates it. And I like it when it's the narration. Like uh, when I was looking through um the the book that I bought, there was there was a panel and it struck me as odd. It's this guy sitting on a plane next to this weird looking, kind of deformed, just other passenger. And there's a word bubble above his head saying, Why do I always sit next to the weirdos? And you see coming down the aisle this weirder looking character in a trench coat about to sit next to him. But it's done with a word balloon, and that seemed out of character. Like I didn't remember that one. It seemed out of character because in my head it would have been perfect to have like that same drawing, but then the caption, Dave found himself wondering why he had to sit next to the weirdos or something. You know, something like, I always felt like the far side was this documentary. Yeah. This like, you know, mutual of Omaha, an animal documentary about our world and our society. And sometimes you get dialogues because sometimes you get animal sounds in those documentaries. But a lot, the, some of the best far sides are the ones where the caption is putting a twist it's filling in a one missing piece like you could like you were saying you can almost you're looking at the drawings and it's like that's just funny looking <laughs> i don't know what it is but that guy's got his you know that there's a professor i think you know like looking in disbelief at this headless corpse all it takes is the nudge of the narrator to fill in one tiny piece and that's a joke <laughs> 
And I like it when it works like that. And that's the part that seems a little smug to me, which is fine, a little preening, but it's just, it's judgmental of the world and we're part of that world. I don't think it's inclusive in the sense that he's saying, are you with me or isn't society dumb? I think he's saying your society is dumb. This, this is an outsider writing this strip. This is someone, a recluse who's probably better with animals than he is with people, which again is fine. But I just, I like that. But it, and it's interesting that you called it punk rock because I get that. And at the time, I think now I could see that. But to me, this is all just, this is the inside of the nerd's notebook, you know, the back of their book that they're sketching on. These are the sketches meant to show the world that they're right and then the world's wrong. And I like that. But it's, it's, it's odd to me because it's like, this is a strip that, that's why I always read it first and then see the drawing. It's just a routine. You can do it however you want, but I feel like that little bit of narration to it gives it this air of something else that I really like. I don't know. So, yeah, for you, it's like, it's like that reveal. It's like you hear the setup Mm -hmm. and then you look at the picture and get the reveal of why that setup is going to make you laugh. I guess so. Yeah. Like I wasn't aware of it. And then it struck me as I was reading like that there was a pattern to how I was reading these. Because again, reading it in the book, going from panel to panel, that must be how I used to experience it. I got a little exhausted, to be honest. It's hard for me to make it through a book of single panel far side <laughs> strips, which is dumb. But I, I had to stop. But it's not. To... No, no, no. I can totally see that because these are intended uh, to be one a day. You know, and to sit there and to, I don't think the book is meant to be read cover to cover in order. It's the kind of thing where it's just when you feel like it, you open it up, you find a couple to to read, you you skip a few pages. In fact, I did that a lot where- As a kid, did you do that? Did you skip through it? I, I, I eventually would, I would skip through it. I just know that there were times where I would turn a page and come across, like after years of having these- come across a page that I just had no memory of. Um, like it, it was still fresh to me. It's like maybe I had seen it that first time, second time, but then for whatever reason, I never went back to that page. But then this time I'm reading through it and here's this new page and here's, you know, four to eight fresh new uh, comics that I couldn't recall from before. Um, so I can see getting tired um, sitting there trying to to read as many of these in a sitting um, because – it is a lot to take in. They're not simple. It's not like uh, just this breezy um, cartoon. It is – you have to think about it. Like I just looked at one out of the corner of my eye here that I've got the book open. The caption is, when worlds collide. That's it. When worlds collide. Uh, so I look up and it's a UFO. There are aliens walking down the steps of the UFO and they're greeted by a, a goat. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, why is it funny? And then I look at it some more and I see that the uh, the aliens are drawn like butts. <laughs> like they look like their pants are are like up to their eyeballs and their legs make a butt shape in these pants. And so it's like, oh, the goat is going to ram them in the ass. That's wonderful. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so you're not just skipping from one to the other. I can totally see how... Uh, it, it would be a little uh, draining, humorously they're also, draining. They're not jokes you can explain, I think. And that's not no. a knock to what you're just doing. But <laughs> the amount of effort it takes to ex- – I mean, I guess that that's makes true. sense. They're visual jokes. But it's not punchline setup kind of thing. Or setup right. punchline. Sorry, right. put that backwards. They are absurdist in a weird way, a complicated way. Yeah. And I think some of that's probably intentional. But I wonder, like, is it a well-drawn – comic strip like do you look at the far side as being well well drawn um, as comics go i do um for yeah because yeah, every every cartoonist has their own style well he definitely has a style there's a style to it and yeah his people his style, cows all look the same yeah and within his style everything looks the way it's supposed to look like like this this goat is clearly a goat these aliens are clearly aliens this is clearly a a duck dressed like a man uh these are these are vikings doing calisthenics this is clearly a bus out of control uh, on a cliff. Uh, so, yeah, it's really well well drawn, I think. Because you mentioned your holy trinity. Put this on a shelf next to Calvin and Hobbes in Bloom County. I mean, Bloom County is, is an artistic 
cinematic tradition of satire. It's making fun of your pop culture by giving it back to you in drawings. Bill the Cat is Garfield. Here's some famous people. And it's just well-drawn. Calvin and Hobbes is just this beautiful animated, not cartoon, but animated strip. Just this classic-looking fantasy with bright colors on Sundays and, and fluid movement. I mean, to put these three together, because these are the three that mean the most to you. Yeah. The far side art style, I there's something, and maybe this to me is where the punk rock part comes in. <laughs> I reading it today, I'm like, I this is such a recognizable style, and the, again, like you're saying, this is his world. He built it. Would these strips work with with different art? I mean, would these strips work with a little more detail? Like I, I'm not, I'm I'm not meaning to say he he's an awful artist. He's a he is a good artist, but when you talk about your three greats. There's a there's a similarity you can see artistically between Bloom County and Calvin and Hobbes, right? Between Bloom County and Calvin and Hobbes, yes, yeah. yeah. It, and what would that be exactly? Just to make sure we're on the same page. Uh, between Bloom County and Calvin and Hobbes, like you're saying, it's it's more uh, like a classical type of art. Like uh, there's there's fluidity, there's there's motion. It's cinematic at times. Like you're saying, Calvin and Hobbes is basically animated. I mean, there's no cooler picture than or drawing than uh, Calvin and Hobbes dancing, and it goes from <laughs> you know uh, pose to pose as they're dancing. That's awesome. Um, Gary Larson couldn't do that, but at the same time, it's it's a different thing. That's a kid enjoying the joy of of life and music and and friendship, and <laughs> there's joy there and there's mischief. And Gary Larson's comic strip is not about that. Yeah, there's no joy in the far side. (laughs) So um, could could these, could the far side jokes work with better art or different? I'm not going to say better. Different art? Yeah, I'm sorry. That's Um, No, I don't think it could. And one reason, one example I can give you, or many examples, in his later collections, and maybe this was even, I don't know if it was in the newspapers, but it was definitely in the collections. And I think I have one here. They... Um, added um, different shading. So there are strips that are drawn like Gary Larson's normal style, but it's colored differently. Instead of the flat, just black and whites and grays, um, it is got sort of a watercolor gray and and a gray wash to it. It's still are black these and Saturday, white. Saturday, I mean, a Sunday strips? Or it wasn't these... a color. No, it's, oh, okay. it's still black and white. But it's got like a watercolor wash to it. So there's some shading, a lot more shading than you would normally have. Um, and it changes it for me. I don't like these strips as much. Are they strips that he had done before with the shading applied, or did his art style change for new? I think comic the, strips? I think the art style is the same. I think they just ha- hired somebody to instead of using the the uh um the, the dot coloring that they would use for the Sunday paper, or excuse me, the, the week weekly paper, they had somebody come in with a, a, a pen and ink kind of brush thing and actually add some, some texture to it. And it takes away from it. It, it makes it look more, uh, I don't know, civilized, trying to be more <laughs> proper uh, artistically. And I, I think it changes it. As a kid in middle school reading this, you were were you doing your own comic strips at that point? As a kid in middle school, was I doing my own comic strips? I was playing around with comics. I wasn't doing strips as much as I was drawing to fill space. So I would like draw in my notes and I would draw um, on envelopes and I would draw like full on pages. Like I had this... Uh, this whole story that I collected about a superhero, a terrible superhero, and his penguin friend, of all things, a penguin. Um, and it would just be the entire page uh, of, of notebook paper. And then you flip that page over and there's another uh, panel. So the panel was as, as large as the page. Um, so I wasn't doing strips then. Uh, in high school... Were you doing cartooning or something? Oh, I was, I was cartooning all the time. Um in high school, I did a, a kind of a comic book page uh, of multiple strips or strips that created one storyline um, that would be in our 
was it bi-weekly? I guess it was our bi-weekly newspaper. I did that for one one school year. Um, that was prof- you know not professionally, but it was like printed and and released to the school for everyone. What was to the see. subject matter like? What was the structure pacing? Uh, Do you it remember? was it was ridiculous. It was sometimes it was school related. Uh, was it word bubbles or it was, was just it random, yeah, it was word bubbles, and it was um, just these random characters that I drew. Um, my penguin character from middle school evolved. My penguin character was just two dimensional. It was just this flat two dimensional thing when I first drew it, and then it evolved to where it had like a three dimension look to it. Uh, so he carried on into high school, and he had another character which was kind of like a salamander, I guess. An anthropomorph. I'm not saying that right at all. Anamorphs. I there think you you're go. thinking of the 1990s children's toy and book series, along with a accompanying <laughs> TV show from Dick. Anamorphs. You mean Deke, it, right? <laughs> I mean Deke. Uh, anthropomorphic. <laughs> yes. Is that the word? Yes. Okay. He was kind of like a salamander. I had kind of a squirrel character. I had a chameleon character. And they just did random, silly, stupid things. And I can't even remember what any of them were about, honestly. I remember one, there was one of a vote. No, it wasn't a vote. It was, um, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm remembering now. Uh, you know how you have um, uh, mood rings? I know what they are. I never yes. had one, but yes. I, I made a, uh, uh, like a heat-sensitive comic. Uh, so it basically it was a hand uh, outline. So you would put your hand in there, and when you uh, took it out, whatever pattern was left, it would be your mood. And then I had a bunch of different patterns, and uh, it would say, "Oh, you're you're depressed, you're happy, uh, you're going to fail your math test," you know, whatever the pattern happened to be. And the last panel was this is the kind of humor I had in high school. The last uh, pattern was just white, and it said, "You're a complete idiot." So <laughs> that that was. The only one I can remember. That's very but, unique, though. I'm, I'm not seeing any of these comic strips in that. That's kind of your own thing. And that's funny, and that's using the medium. I guess I was trying to see if Farside, like, inspired you, but, I mean, you... Well, no, Farside definitely inspired me. My art style is very Farside. How uh, so? I, th- I think. Um, my current And listeners, style. you can see Bob's art style. There's always a link in the show notes, but you can check it out at myexaggeratedlife.com. Dot wordpress.com? No. Uh, almost. Exaggeratedlife.wordpress.com. Okay. Thank um, you. That's Bob's comic strip, My Exaggerated Life, to get some comparison to what he's about to say, which I am fascinated to hear. Uh, your <laughs> artwork mimics the far side or is inspired by the far side? How? Uh, just kind of like the bulbousness of the characters, the the round faces, the just it, 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 it is sort of human-like, but not quite, you know, where I feel like... Um, uh, Bloom County, I think the people are more human-like looking than the far side. Um, and uh, I'm not quite as car- – like, I, I can't even really describe Calvin and Hobbes because they're not real looking, but they're so real at the same time, you know? I'm curious about this strip because it is – it was. It seems like it was a big – it was a big part of your childhood. I always thought it was a mine, but I it's – it had its impact, I think, but like I don't. The fact that I don't have any of the books that I haven't read it in probably fifteen to twenty years, it doesn't have an internet presence. It's not like I seek out the panels. You know, like sometimes you share images and stuff. I never share far side images. Like I, it seems in some ways ready made for me. I mean, it was absurdist, absurdist. Excuse me, it was misanthropic. You know, and and I was getting into a lot of that right. as a kid. But I don't think I got it from this. Like, there's a darkness to this, and there is a hatred for humanity in the far side, which I I love when I'm seeing it now. But I, yeah, I, I don't. I was getting that from maybe a little bit of Bloom County, but you had mentioned earlier I was getting the stand-up comics. So I think like Stephen Wright and Gary Shandling were kind of the earlier ones for that, and then Richard Lewis. Do you think it was the medium that maybe didn't draw you in as as much as it did for me? Is it because I love it's comic a- books? I mean, I know they're different. Maybe that's like it. Thinking, maybe, maybe did you think less of a comic strip because it wasn't, oh, no, wasn't a comic no, I would book? hope not. I mean, I'm saying this in retrospect. I would hope not. Comic strips are amazing pieces of art. And I read that. I read it every day. But I just, 
something that I wrote down in my notes when I was thinking about how absurd and dark the far side was and what I could see in it. A lot of that, because again, I'm trying to think why didn't I connect with this even more? I was getting that from like, I was getting back issues of like Howard the Duck in the mid eighties. At that point it was 10 years old. And, and I was getting my sense of absurdity from that, you know, and that's a comic book, not a comic strip. And I was getting it from like Looney Tunes. I loved it in a Looney Tunes cartoon when they would break the fourth wall or, or, or break the laws of physics. And, 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 and there was just an abusive show. You know, I mean, I was getting to that or I was into that. And then I feel like Farsight has some connections with Looney Tunes, there's definitely some anarchy, again, this punk motif, but I just, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's weird to me. I find it really weird that I didn't have a fucking single book in the house of this. <laughs> you know, like I remember, I remember reading it every day and I remember when it ended. Like, do you remember it ran for 15 years and ended January 1st, 1995. And I remember the last strip. I remember knowing it was coming up. I don't like, remember the have- last strip. What was the last strip? It was, I think it said out of order, and it had like just different characters of his pushed up against what would be the panel. Oh, yeah. I th- I'm pretty sense. sure that's the last one. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Actually. I remember that strip. And yeah. It, so, make, it makes sense that that would be the last one. Like, you, So you don't remember this ending? I re- oh, no. I definitely remember it ending. I remember there being um, CBS Sunday morning uh, exposés on the life of Gary Larson and what he'll be doing next. I oh, remember. Really? I yeah, feel like I uh, never like, never heard or saw anything about Gary I have Larson. This, that was... I have this picture of him in my head based on uh, one of these interviews that I watched. Uh, I can't remember for sure if this is exactly him. Maybe I'm just remembering what your dad looks like. Because uh, <laughs> he kind of just looked like a normal dude. He was balding. Oh, really? Yeah, he was balding, if I remember correctly. He doesn't look like his drawings. He doesn't look like the fat <laughs> no, kid in his drawings, not. which is what I would have thought. I, I just That's something about this that does maintain a mystery. Kevin and Hobbs does this too, or Bill Waterston does this too. I just feel like there's no interviews with this guy. I've never, I've never seen a photo of him. Yeah. I don't know what he sounds like. I've never heard him talk. He's this mis- mysterious sort of figure. And again, that's probably most comic strips, to be honest. I don't know what the author of Rose's Rose looks like <laughs> or Howard Huge, right. to go back to that. Right. But at the same time, for something that I would be into, and again, I was into this enough, I feel like you can find that stuff for the most part. You can, I mean, again, I think the creator of Calvin and Hobbes is the same way. They're recluses, but you can, especially now, you can find interviews with the woman who did Kathy and the woman who did For Better or For Worse. You can hear them talk and you can at least read interviews with them. I feel like, I don't feel like I have a sense of this person as a person at all. Not that you ever should with an artist, but I'm just like, yeah. he is a mystery to me. He's a mysterious, almost creepy, like <laughs> lurking mystery. Like I just picture this hermit, again, mailing these things out. That's why I keep going back to the idea of that nerd in class getting their revenge. Like almost da- an almost dangerous individual in that sense is what I picture creating this script or this strip. But, but, but when it, so when it ended, like I know it was announced in the papers, and it did seem kind of weird for to me that it was ending. But at the same time, the last day it it was published, January 1st, I was probably ripping off the first day of that fucking calendar. <laughs> like it was around. Yeah. And it stayed around. And that's the yeah. thing. That's why I'm like, where has it been for the past 18 or so years of my life? Because it was still around. I remember plastering some of those strips up on our wall in college, maybe even after college and definitely before, like those calendars, I got them every year. Like I would get a fucking far side calendar every year. And I'm just like, what, where I, and I vaguely remember it ending. Like it ended after Bloom County ended. I remember the ending of Bloom County. It may have ended after Calvin and Hobbes. Do you remember when Calvin and Hobbes ended when that was? I don't have it off the top of my head. 94. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not I mean, sure. that, that's of the three that mean a lot to you. That's the one that started latest. So maybe it went longest. Yeah. But it's like Peanuts was still there and stuff. But I feel like the end of the far side might have been when I was pulling back from comics a little bit. Hmm. But I just, I, I, it's weird because I wanted to think that this comic strip had a huge impact on my life. I wanted to think that it set me on my ways of viewing the pointlessness of humanity. But I don't think it did. No. But it impacted you, and you're a positive person. Yeah. You're an optimistic person. I'm just, I'm trying to, because I get it to a point, but I'm also just trying to figure out where, because you seem very passionate about it to hear you talk about it right now. You, you, you seem very, 
entwined well, with it. And the three comic strips that you picked that have influenced you, Bloom County, Calvin and Hobbes, and, and The Far Side, they're all very different. They're are artistry-wise, I compared two of them, but none of them have the same vantage point. None of them have the same opinion of society. Like Bloom County thinks it's all thinks everything is dumb or ridiculous, but it's it's not vindictive. Bloom County is not vindictive against humanity as a whole, just celebrities and politicians. Yeah, and Calvin and Hobbes. I mean, Calvin and Hobbes. Is, is I don't know what the frustration in that is because it's it's a it's a positive friendship. There there's there's some exploration of life. There's an innocence to it. Yeah. But the far side, and so I get those two meaning something to you. The far side, I'm glad it means something to you because the far side, I think, is just a lesson in isolation. I mean, I just I feel like again, this is the work of a guy who can't stand the world. He had to get out. <laughs> And he does this. That's my take on it. I mean, for, starting very simply from the name of the strip, which I guess he didn't give it, the publishers did. But on onwards to the fact that I, I know you saw him somehow Saturday mornings. I've never seen what he looks like. There is something strangely outsidery to this in a way that I don't know if that's inspirational, but it was to you. It like was. The, or the strip was. Yeah. It's almost like, Perhaps I I took from it that I had permission to to not always be so positive and sunny, and and still find humor in it. Like it was okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Again, I'm picking up. I'm uh, randomly opening the book, and uh, I'm looking at the comic that that's just captioned "Stupid Birds," and it has two birds in a nest. Uh, their tree is on fire. And they've fashioned a rope out of sheets and are climbing down to get away from the fire. Um, and yeah, it sucks that that there are stupid birds in this world, but let's let's laugh at them a little bit, I guess. So th- this was a this this was an allowance for you. This was a a chance, maybe, to be spiteful, to to understand that not spiteful, but to understand the 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 unfortunateness unfortunateness maybe of the world like is like there's yeah i I don't know if it's i'm i'm throwing all the words that mean something to me (laughs) at you and that might be wrong i don't know if it's pessimism misanthropicness or misanthropy i'm i don't even know if i can say the word (laughs) i don't know exactly what it is but there's something that you just said that is allowing you to experience this do you, which I think is incredibly important for a kid, for anyone. But I think well, for I mean, a kid, I was excited to give it to my girls again tonight, um, and have. Are them, you hoping they learn these lessons? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they get a different point of view, a different point of view from what they've been fed with Arthur and uh, uh, Clifford. And uh, I don't even know what else they're watching yeah, these you really days. You don't like that Arthur. You, you berated him <laughs> last week, too. He is Poor a Arthur. tough show to watch, that Arthur. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I, I, I'm happy to give them just another avenue for expressing themselves. And if they can find a way to laugh at, and let me just randomly open something else here. If they can find a way to laugh at a frog begging for a fly out of a guy's soup um then that's great and if nobody else that they know is reading the far side right now because only their dad has all 18 of these collections um that's even better i I just like that they can have a different point of view from other people other kids their age and that's kind of what i liked there weren't a lot of other kids that i knew reading the far side uh, at least not the way that I was, the way I was collecting them. And so it was nice to have a, a different point of view to share. And and maybe I didn't feel the same way uh, entirely, that, that the world is just full of, of horrible, dumb people. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, it was just a nice perspective and a new way to laugh at the world. Huh. Are you gonna keep reading them? Do you think you gonna keep going through these books now that you've got them all pulled out? Um, I'm I might leave them out. I don't know if I'll look at them, but I'm gonna leave them. They've been on the upper shelf. I'm gonna probably leave them on the lower shelf and, and hope the girls um, keep going at them. Is it time that you don't read them, or is it just a different point in your life where reading the Far Side doesn't have the same? Which is fine. I'm uh, not 
it's it's time, but it's also familiarity. Um, you know, I can't, I don't have these words memorized anymore, but I certainly know the the setup of the punchlines. So as I start reading them, it's like, yep, that's the four hundred and sixtieth time I've looked at that one. That's crazy. You know, so it's like... That's nuts, though. It's nuts that there's a time in your life, and you say this with your daughters, with shows, and it's true with comics, that you that there's... And maybe you can do it to a lesser degree now, but you can, as a kid, when you're discovering something, you can reread the same thing yeah. over and over. Like, it's it's almost odd to own collections of comic strips. Get them out of the library and read them <laughs> once. Right. And and again, I, I have, I'm in this room right now. I've got all these Bloom County books here. I've got comic book collections, but, and I read them. I do read them. But like the far said, the books we had, yeah. Well, the calendar we had, I guess. I would reread, I would reread them. I would go back to them. And that, that's interesting to me because they there's more, you know, it's one panel. <laughs> it's a yeah. one panel gag. Well, and you know, when I was younger too, Almost like I, I used to be with uh, songs. I would want to share a song with somebody. I want to make a mixtapes. I, I didn't ever really make a mix CD of of Far Side cartoons, but if there was one that really <laughs> It'd be struck hard to me, listen to. If there was one or two that really struck me, I would like race downstairs and say, "Mom, mom, mom, you got to look at this one." You know. So yeah, the Far Side. That's awesome. A little bit of an origin story for you. That's cool, right? Yeah. I think so. Except to bring it right back around to how we began this. I am not a cartoonist. <sighs> and that hurts yeah. when I think about it too much. So that's kind of the lost the lost dream or the lost... Uh, that's the thing, right? That's the shitty thing about <laughs> maturity here. Yeah. Is that something that sounds like has been with you since you were a kid and you're feeling, despite the fact that you have a comic strip, you're feeling, and I'm sorry, I shouldn't discredit how you're feeling and that's probably what that sounds like. You're, you're, you're feeling the pull of the reality of maturity, which sucks. <laughs> it kind of does. It does. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I regret and you shouldn't regret things in life, but I do. I regret. Why not? That's the definition of the word. You can't. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fine. Well, I do. I regret that I didn't um, give it a chance, that I didn't believe that it was something a person could do with their life. Uh, I, I listened to too many adults trying to convince me to get a real job and to go to a real school and take real classes. Um, and so. You still went to Emerson, by I the did. Way. And while I was there, I was told to take an accounting class. And it was very hard to explain that Emerson did not have an accounting class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Was, uh, yeah. Um, and then, uh. yeah. And then it's like, oh, I, I'm going to form a, a comedy troupe with my friends. Well, first you got to get health care, though. You got to get health care. So do that first. Well, okay. Well, I'm, I've been working on this art. It's like, oh, okay. But, you know, make sure you put some money into savings. So. I would always listen to that that uh, that angel on my shoulder, I guess, uh, the, the conscious conscience of my my family, trying to, to make sure I did the right thing. I'm making air quotes on podcasting, podcasting air quotes. Um, we'll take your word. And um, I regret that I didn't, and that's why with my kids, and I've talked to my wife about this. As they get older and they decide that there's something they want to try if they really want to do something, my motto for them is no plan B because my plan B became my plan A and I want their that I want them not to have something to fall back on. If they're going to do it, go and do it. If they fail, they fail, but they tried and I, I regret that I didn't fully try. I'm trying now and not very well. I'm really trying to draw every day, and I'm not. I'm trying to put a comic strip out there on a daily basis, and I'm not. And so I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep trying. Um, I need to find the time. I need to find the state of mind. Because it turns out you can't draw uh, fun, lighthearted family comics when you are uh, depressed and exhausted and depressed. So once I get in the right place... I'm hoping that the strip comes back. I've, I've got a lot of, 
lot of ideas, a lot of sketches, and we'll see what happens. Well, there's an invincibility that was there in youth, I think. Yeah. At least I know there was for me, and, and I, 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 I'm not sure where the one thing we want to do, and maybe this is why the punk rockness of Farsight is appealing, we always want to rebel against our folks. <laughs> so we're not going to listen to our folks. And that's awesome, because that's how you find yourself. And you don't have to think of responsibility. I mean, I didn't. I had a savings account, health care, all those things you're mentioning, health care and all these things. Yeah, the things I put off for years because the pursuit of something and the idea that that's just by saying it, it's what you do, you know? Yeah. And that some of that comes out of the love for this stuff because, again, I didn't know – how the career of say a cartoonist went. I just knew that someone did this cartoon. So I didn't have to think of how does the career of a writer or whatever goes, I can just say, I'm going to be a writer. And yeah, it's frustrating because the exploration and the excitement and the, 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 the making of the art that was sincere at 15 at 20 or whatever age that can happen now, you know, but it doesn't, work the same way because you're beaten down i'm beaten down you know by age by reality by the window of existence and just by responsibilities and and we're not we can't stay up all night writing we can't not go to work because we choose to we can't live off of cigarettes we can't do the things that made it seem so like a fuck you to the rest of the world just to do it and that's frustrating you know, that's a letdown. That's, 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 that's crushing. And you can talk to your friends who are in the industry and then they have families and stuff. And like everybody loses that edge. Everybody loses that invulnerability or invincibility or whatever the word is. Everyone just loses it. And, and I miss that discovery, that feeling, that sensation of being immersed in it. I really fucking do. Yeah, that's the thing I miss too. It's like yeah. I miss being in a community of people trying the same thing, supporting each other, out there trying to just conquer the world and not just get through the day. <laughs> Toot. Toot. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> if, uh, if you're a little worried, <laughs> you maybe want to check in on us. Always can. Make sure we're both still posting at uh, 20popcast.com. It's a little cry for help we have online where uh, you can hear the slow degradation of two men through the course of 80 episodes. You can hear this episode. You can hear past episodes. And if you enjoy past episodes or the depression uh, emissions of this episode, you can subscribe where iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. It's all on the website. So just go there. While you're there, you can check us out on facebook you can follow us on twitter at 20 popcast you can follow us uh, uh follow us follow us on instagram at the same and uh you know i uh twice a week i'm in therapy so maybe if you want to check that out it's not a group thing but if you're in the waiting room sometimes you can hear sobbing from two floors down that's right uh, if you want to follow me and make sure that I'm still uh, in this world, uh, you can right. You can follow me on uh, Twitter at rh canning. You can check out the comic strip uh, yeah. at exaggeratedlife.wordpress.com. Um, there, it's all still there. You can actually go back very, very far. When I tried doing this in 2004, 2006, I picked it up again. 2008, uh, 2010, and then. More recently, I think I think I've made the most progress. So check it out, because I'll, I'll put some new ones up there soon. That's kind of like one of those Farsight calendars. Just then, I mean, it's more year <laughs> than day by day. But yeah, if you, if you like numbers, people, you can see a bunch on Bob's uh, Bob's webpage. The numbers correspond with dates. So if you like dates, check it out too. A lot of reasons to check us out. Some of which were probably in this episode. Some of which, eh, they'll be back. We'll be back next week. Probably, right? I think so. I think so. Uh, with something. Uh, but for now, thanks for listening. Um, and uh, we're not looking for affirmation or anything, but, uh, you know, a couple reviews wouldn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs>
Did you did you listen to the Die Hard two episode? Uh, I think so. Cause that was Christmas. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. I Are there ones you on have vacation. not listened to? You haven't listened to the Benita episode? Um, Any episode you're not on? No, I listened to some that I'm not on. I listened to your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode. I listened to your LA Story episode. You listened to the LA Story episode? Yeah. I'm sorry, that was a long one. I like them long, Tim. Oh, okay, then, then you should probably check out the Batman and Robin episode, which is the longest episode in our catalog. We did a Batman and Robin episode? I did it by myself, Durbin watched the movie. And it's the <laughs> length of the movie plus an intro. I did not know that one I'm, I'm, That's what I'm going to listen to the moment I have some free time to listen to our podcast. Wait, so a week went, when that one went up, you didn't even know it went up? I probably knew it went up, but didn't have a chance to get to it, and then therefore, because it wasn't repeating in my, my, I mean, it could have been when I was away somewhere, I don't remember when this posted. Yeah, it's like February or March. Yeah, I do think it's in February and March, so. Didn't say you didn't, but I don't think.